This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 115, 10 Ways to Feel Peace When Everything Seems to Be Falling Apart, part one. It's good to be with you again. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and co-host, Becky Proudfit. Yes, that's me. Yep, that's you. Mm -hmm. We are very thankful, not just happy, but thankful to be with you guys week after week. And today feels like an extra special episode for me on a very personal level because, you know, Becky and I will tell you that oftentimes the reason why we um, cultivate or curate specific content is because of all of the selfish reasons. Am I right? Right. I think that's <laughs> the very best content creation though, is when you're, that is the blessing of creation, right? Is yes. that you're creating something that you need in your life and mm-hmm. sharing it openly so then it can help other people in their lives. Totally. And so, then the selfish part of that is like, I want to retain this so badly for myself mm-hmm. that the best way for me to do that is to hold myself accountable and put things, thoughts, feelings, impressions, and put it into words which then just happens to reach a, you know, a few million people around the globe. So are you saying, Rebecca, <laughs> that you're not feeling an increase of peace in 2020? I don't know what you're talking is about. Is that what you're implying, that 2020 is like Listen. maybe a slightly devoid of like peace, peace and, <laughs> and rest? I is am that? suggesting that this year is bananas. Yes, I am. And I won't recap why I have that feeling because you all don't need the recap. You all know why we feel that way. So this is a really, really special episode, not just for personal reasons, because, but because I also believe that we all need a little more peace. Mm -hmm. And so this is going to be really a thrill to share with you and to help all of us be a little bit more accountable to ourselves and to each other as we talk about something so important. Um, I'm going to share a little review before we get there. And this is from Judd ZRS. She says, I have been a listener since just about the pilot episode. As my full life has evolved over this time period, I have been able to share insights into topics I wouldn't have normally have had any experience or firsthand knowledge of. This is especially helpful since we have 10 children. Hold on. Bless (laughs) your homeschooling heart. Who, say, who says that she's homeschooling? Everyone had to homeschool in COVID at some time. Distance learning was a thing that Bless did affect all of heart. us. But geez, Louise. Okay, so she says her children spanning the ages of, tw- of 34 down to six. Wow. Thank you for opening my eyes, she says, to possibilities and experiences that benefit me personally and also that I can pass on to my family and friends. You are engaging, or yeah, you are engaging as inspiring to listen to. Thank you. Okay, the fact that she has 10 children and is carving out time for herself by listening to a podcast is like major fist bumps, kudos, and a massive bear hug. I don't think I've gone to the bathroom by myself since late February, (laughs) truly, if I'm being honest. Oh, I love you, Judd ZRS. Wow, we hats off to you, sister, and thank you so much for, for that sweet review and for tuning in week after week. That means a lot to us. All right, you guys, let's get on to the topic at hand, and first, we're gonna hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. One of my favorite lines from a movie is from The Notebook. Noah, the male lead, looks at Allie, the female lead, and asks her passionately, what do you want? 
It's a poignant part of the movie because he doesn't give her an out, he doesn't accept her excuses, and essentially forces her to articulate what it is she's really after. Articulating what you want can be really, really hard, and it all starts with taking a minute and asking yourself the question, what is it that you are really searching for in your life? One of the things we have been feeling so powerfully is that we all need to be more intentional about creating some space for this kind of thought work in our life. Sometimes when we are searching, feeling like something is off or feeling unsettled, we might not be able to fully understand what it is we're searching for. What we need is some guidance getting really clear about who we are and gaining a greater understanding of what cultivating your best life means for you. I had the realization a few years ago that sometimes when I'm feeling the most off, it's because I don't have a firm grasp on what it is I really want. And this is at the heart of so many of our actions or inactions for that matter. It can be difficult to see our blind spots and to pause and get off the hamster wheel so we can chart our course forward with more intention than ever. This very important effort is at the core of the Live the Story You Want to Tell audio course. So many of you have already joined us in the self-paced journey that we have curated for you. As a student in the audio course, you will dig deep into understanding what exactly creates in you a feeling of deep fulfillment, and you will have the tools you need to chart your course in getting there. If you want to feel more connected to yourself and others, more fulfilled in your life, and more clear on where to go from here, then we urge you to head to classroom.beckyhiggins.com and sign up for the Live the Story You Want to Tell course today. It's time to stop holding back from being the hero in your own story. All right, I'm a girl who loves context, always Mm -hmm. and forever. Mm -hmm. So let me just give you a little context before I really go there because I'm so excited to talk about peace. I am. Um, In a world when we really do have so many things happening that seem to strip away any feelings of peace, mm-hmm. we, I'm going to just, I'm pulling you into this, Becky, right? Okay. I, these are, these are my words, but I just know that you share them. So even though you don't know what I'm going to say, okay, <laughs> I'm going to go with the we and you tell me if you disagree. Okay? okay. We are here to declare that while there may not always be global peace, having personal peace is not only possible, but it's actually quite attainable preach. Okay. So you're, you're with me so far. 100%. Okay. So here's the thing about Becky and I, both of us, we cannot speak of peace without sharing from a place of faith. Mm-hmm. We're not shy about our faith. You guys know this. If you're newer to the show, we do have an episode all about our faith journeys. If you're like, okay, but what do they believe and where are they coming from? Yeah. But we are, we both share a faith in Jesus Christ. We are Christian through and through. And so, um, I wanted to just put that context out there because for me to separate feelings of peace and not even bring up the savior, I can't even. Right. They're one in the same. They are one in the same. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot we're going to talk about that while based in our faith and based on, um, you know, we'll talk about God, we'll talk about Jesus Christ, but I a hundred percent, a hundred thousand percent believe that these 10 principles that we'll touch on are very much applicable, no matter your faith background. Mm-hmm. So even though we're going to be bringing up some of these things, um, and God and prayer and things like that, 
you will fill the application in your own life regardless of what you believe or if you don't even believe at all, right? These are just good human principles. Right. That's where I'm coming from. Um, the other thing, the other point of context I wanted to give is that all 10 of these things that I've chosen to point out today all come from what is called general conference. General conference, what is general conference back? So general conference is a meeting that we have. It's a worldwide meeting. It's um, for our church. Anyone in the world who wants to attend is invited. Um, and it is a place twice a year that we come and it is broadcast over TV. And we are able to listen to the words of inspired men, inspired women who are all talking about essentially cultivating your best life, building your faith, um, being able to build sure foundations in your life, and being able to experience um, the brightness of hope that we all have through the Savior. And it's pretty much my two favorite weekends of the entire year. It really is. I Talk have about fr- rest and rejuvenation. Oh my gosh. Like it is Truly. the most restful, rejuvenating Inspiring. time of the year clarifying Mm -hmm. it. We love, let's just put that out there right now. We love general conference and this just happened again because it happens every October and every April. So it's always Mm -hmm. in the spring and in the fall, the first weekend of every of those two times of the year. And so what really has me inspired right now is our recent October, 2020 general conference and all the talks that were given, lots of talks that were given throughout the weekend. Um, that's where I pulled these 10 things from. So I could pull from books and sermons and talks and, and scriptures, scriptures and, yeah. and podcasts. I could pull from so many different resources on all of these principles, but to simplify and not lose my mind completely, right. um, I really want to pull it just from this one event. And so just, um, just to explain, because I'm going to be referencing this over and over, in a weekend of general conference, there are five sessions. So there's a Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon Um, a women's session, and then Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. And the Mm -hmm. reason why I want to say that, for those of you who are going to look up any of this, and we'll link to everything in the show notes, of course, but all of the talks that I'm referencing can be found on churchofjesuschrist.org. And so you can search for anything that I mentioned. I'm going to give you who said it and what the name of their talk is Mm -hmm. um, so that you can search it. And so when I mention so-and-so from this talk in this session, it just makes it easier for any of you who are going to look it up. And if you're not going to look it up, don't worry about that detail, but I'm going to go, I'm just going to mention those details for those who it will serve. Um, One more little thing that I wanted to mention is that while the exact wording of so many things that I'm going to mention are accessible the time that we're recording this is literally two days after the conference ended. Right. And so I have not take, I didn't have the time to go once they got all the words published on the website to us recording right now, there's no time to get exact quotes. So everything I'm sharing is paraphrasing, right? Um, no exact wording, but it's all there, um, in all of those, uh, links that we're going to be sharing. And let's see, was there anything else? You know, I love context. Good context, good housekeeping. (laughs) Um, No, there's not. There's nothing else. And let me just go in. I'm going to list 10 things, and I will recap them at the end just in a list form, but we'll talk by point by point with each one. Do you know why I'm so excited about this episode? Please tell me. Is 
we are all, I think, at the heart of most of our endeavors in life searching for peace. Like when we're feeling a nudge to do more or do less, like really what we're actually trying to cultivate is more peace in our life. And sometimes we go about looking for peace and we start to grasp at straws mm. or do too much or That's do too little. Point. And it, it, it's a lot of searching to get there. And mm-hmm. so to have a list of 10 concise things that are proven mm-hmm. to increase our peace mm-hmm. all day long, all day sign long. me up for that. It kind of reminds me of the episode we did with Hank Smith, 10 ways to be happy yes. because it's the same thing. Everyone wants to feel happier, but mm-hmm. man, where do you, like, how do you, can Give me a imagine, place to start. Where to start sake. and all the hours that you could spend, the endless time you could spend researching it yourself, which is also great. But to have someone just kind of be like, here, here in a pretty little package. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> Here's 10. You're welcome. Here's 10. You are welcome. We're, this is such a pleasure to put together. Um, and, and it's really, this doesn't come from me. This is from all of these amazing inspired speakers. So let's start with number one. Number one is optimism. Mm. Tricky for some people. Some people really... I think feel, um, what's that word? They re- they have a repelling feeling against those who are a little too optimistic. I think they get a little, it's a defense mechanism. Yes, probably is. And I think some I've people have that. a natural tendency and gift for optimism, probably more so than others. Yeah. And I, I you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I believe that I have a more natural tendency to be optimistic than mm-hmm. others. Um, and I recognize that. So I don't bring up optimism as like, come on, like, of course, just be happy. Like, just be optimistic. The future is bright. Right. I understand that that's not the pair of rose colored glasses that most people wear or want to wear. I mm-hmm. appreciate that. I get it. And we're all different. However, optimism is the first thing I want to bring up because the way that it was brought up several times throughout general conference really inspires me. Russell M. Nelson, in his Sunday afternoon talk called A New Normal, says that the Lord wants us to feel optimistic and look forward to the future. And that's encouraging to me to remember. I already know this, Mm -hmm. but to remember that the Lord literally wants us to be happy and to look forward. Because right now, most people, I would say in 2020, feel like they don't have something great to look forward to because nobody knows what's happening. Mm-hmm. But you can still be optimistic even if you don't know what that future looks like. Well, and if you break that down a little bit further, like, of course. I, I mean, when you say it out loud, you're like, of course the Lord wants us to be optimistic. Mm-hmm. Of course he wants us to look forward with faith and be happy. But sometimes we forget that. We forget It's that, easy to forget. Sure. God wants us to be happy. Yeah. Like he wants us to be happy and he's going to help to provide a way for us to be happy. And if you think about the reverse of it, who wants us stuck in the past? Well, or, I'm you know what super I mean? glad you brought that up because I forgot to also disclaim, we're totally going to bring up Satan once in a while. We do that. And, and if you've <laughs> never to. heard our example of like, I think sometimes people treat Satan like Voldemort in Harry Potter where they're like, don't say his name. Mm-hmm. It gives him power. We disagree. We think when you see something that's true, you need to call it out as truth. And guess what? When you see something that is not true, that is counterfeit, call it out for what it is. Yeah. And, and we're calling him out. The lie yeah. that... God doesn't want us to be happy or that suffering is part of our, like some, some badge of honor, like false, false, false from Satan and false lies, lies, all lies. Yep, for sure. And in fact, because you mentioned that, um, another thing that president Nelson said is don't spin your wheels in the memory of yesterday. 
Now that struck me because I like to think about yesterday in, a, in the sense of preserving memories. That's very different than what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Do not spin your wheels in the memory of yesterday. How many of us get caught up in thinking back and replaying and revisiting and yeah, regretting? Why isn't, it, why isn't it this way? Why right. I hate that I can't mm-hmm. sit next to strangers at the movie theater. That's a weird example. But mm-hmm. like if you were to finish that or like kind of give a flip side or a different articulation of that same idea would be don't waste time in your life cultivate space so we can show you what's to come yeah absolutely he also reminds us that um keeping an eternal perspective is everything now that is a phrase that in my life in my my view of being very faith-based i use that a lot that phrase eternal perspective if that doesn't ring true to you because of your, you know, where you are, I totally understand that that's not everybody's perspective. But for me, it's what saves my life over Can and you over. break down sure. what is eternal perspective? For me, right? For I, can't, I won't define yeah. it for anyone else. For me, what eternal perspective means that based on the knowledge that I've gained and the experiences I've had and the feelings that I continue to have over and over and over, my view of what eternity looks like means that life as it exists right now is just so much bigger than this moment right here. Mm -hmm. And there is the whole rest of my life, um, in mortality. And then beyond that, you and I both believe and based in our faith, we believe that life continues, that we all continue, that we have an opportunity to be with our families literally eternally. And that promised blessing that the Lord just wants to give to all of us is the eternal perspective that helps me to remember, oh, it actually isn't worth nagging my son about the socks he left on the ground right now. I don't know what right? you're talking I'm about. I'm just a Kids silly example, but like, no, okay, it, it, yes, of yes. course he needs to put his socks away, but yes. like, am I going to get upset about it? Like, does that matter? Because really this boy is my boy for eternity. And mm-hmm. like my relationship with him is more important than this silly little thing that doesn't matter. Now, it gives that's you a, perspective is what it does. It, it helps does. you to pull back and recognize that this is not like a very, this is a very short moment in time. And to me, um, I think it means that the, like it, the concept of eternal truth mm-hmm. is that the truth, goodness, light, whatever you want to call it is bigger than me. It's bigger than the church I go to on Sundays. It's bigger than my family. It is, it is truth. It's truth for everyone. It's bigger than the election. It's bigger than, than all these things. And it is like the guiding beacon that exists, whether or not I recognize it, it just is always there and it is completely constant and unchanging. It is. And I'm glad that you added to that because that's, I, I believe that as well. Um, President Nelson also reminds us in that same talk, I shouldn't say reminds us, this is something that like I hadn't thought about before. So for for me, it felt new the -hmm. way he worded it. He said, let our new normal, right? Because that's what we're all trying to figure out. What is our new normal right now? He says, let our new normal be turning to the Lord. Like, how about let's make our focus as we move forward, be focused on the one who actually is the provider of peace. I love how he said that because one thing um, that has been really instrumental in me understanding um, sin and trauma and is that sometimes we overemphasize like turning away from bad behavior. Like we need to do better. We need to turn away from bad behavior. And it becomes about whatever we're trying to turn away from. But if you think about it on that same like 180 degrees, you all it's just as true to say, I'm turning towards the savior. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And instead of focusing on like the negative, what if we focused on 
just positioning our positioning ourselves more closely to the savior. I totally agree with that. And that to me is the key to being able to overcome negativity or addiction or sin or any of these kind of earthly things that are really hard and awful and sad and painful. I agree with that. It's just positioning ourselves and turning towards the savior. Well, and you know, big fan here of positioning yourself. Just the concept of that is Mm -hmm. so empowering and we could talk about that for days. And we have. <laughs> and we have. And we've covered that. I love it. President Nelson has another talk that was on Saturday morning. It's called Moving Forward. And he lets us know unusual times bring unusual rewards. To me, that's a very optimistic way to look at what's going on. And I have felt that this year. Mm-hmm. There have been very, very difficult experiences this year on a personal level, on a family level. And I was going to say, not just COVID in the world no. losing its mind, but I feel like in general, everything's yes, a little Everything unsteady. just feels a little off, right? Yeah. And he reminds us to use this time to grow spiritually. Now, to break that down, what that's looked like for me is not having my church home to go to, my church family to see every Sunday. That has looked like our weekly church as a family in our home, which has been incredibly sacred and special. On a personal level, just me, myself, and I with God. My scripture study this year has been very, how do I even put this? It's always evolving, right? The goal is always the same. I want to read my scriptures. I want to learn about God that way. I want to mm-hmm. feel closer to him that way. But how I get there and how I reach that goal is always going to be changing, right? Right. This year, the way it changed and evolved and the way it kind of panned out and came into fruition has helped me to feel a greater connection to God than I have felt before. And I don't know that it would have looked that way had I been just in my normal routine of just going to church, going through the motions, which, you know, I believe that I've always tried to put forth effort to make sure that my, you know, my heart's in the right place on a personal level and not just going through the motions, but we all do go through the motions. And, and so when he says that unusual times bring unusual rewards, that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Can I, can I like, I had an articulation. Please. You know, articulating is kind of my jam. It is very and much. I was thinking a lot about this because when we went to, um, you know, attending church just with our family in our home, in the beginning, I was like, are we doing enough? Like, is it enough? Is it enough mm-hmm. of a Sabbath day? Mm-hmm. And I was kind of just pondering this, you know, throughout whatever. And I had the very distinct impression come to me that although I was thinking it wasn't enough, like it wasn't a different enough day. It wasn't because I wasn't doing enough on Sunday. It was because I was doing more every other day of the week. Hmm. So the Sabbath was becoming more of a daily thing and less of a Sunday thing. Interesting. And so I felt like the Lord was teaching me like, no, I am, I am making every other day of the week more meaningful by having you shift your Mm. Sundays. And that that was a huge lesson. And I feel like that's what you're getting to a scripture reading is it became less about a task and became more about just oh, I look forward in. to it every time. Yeah. And it's not like I went it got into a habit of every single day. Mm-hmm. Mine looks more like two or three times a week because that's what works for me. But I dive in deep. I can't just do like five, 10 minutes. That doesn't work for me right now in other seasons of my life. That's all I could do. Right. But in this season of my life, it's two or three times a week and it's diving in deep. And I've talked about that on my Instagram. I've talked about it here on the podcast, but it has, yeah, you're right. That makes so much sense that there's that shifting. And I love that that's how we can think about it is, hey, things are different right now, but also 
the blessings and rewards can also be different. How exciting is that? Mm -hmm. It's so Mm. exciting. I love that. Jeffrey R. Holland has a talk um, from conference called Waiting on the Lord. It's from Sunday afternoon. And he says, Christianity is comforting, but it is often not comfortable. And I put that kind of reminder in this section of optimism, because I think that sometimes when we feel like we're going against the grain a little bit, because a lot of people are losing their faith right now, a lot of people are kind of turning away from God, and we see that, um, it can feel a little less comfortable to fit into a category that might be a little less popular, if you will. Mm-hmm. And being uncomfortable, which you and I both love, right? There's certain... The un- best ever. <laughs> being uncomfortable points to growth and being uncomfortable points to greater confidence. And it's I love that. It's almost as if Heavenly Father's strengthening us. It's almost like that. Yes. And... Um, Jeffrey R. Holland in that same talk also said, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the answer to every problem and how I love that. Mm -hmm. I know that. I have felt that for a long time. But when I heard that, it rang true to me over and over and over because there are heightened problems right now, deeper challenges, things are different, but truly the solution comes in our Savior. Every single Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And we, we tend to overcomplicate. We, we look for answers and look for very complicated answers. And really, mm-hmm. the answers are really mm-hmm. generally simple and eternal and truthful. Yes. And that doesn't change. No, it doesn't. And speaking of eternal, the one last thing I wanted to mention up with uh, mention with this is going back to that eternal perspective. I was just thinking this morning as I was kind of pondering some of these thoughts, if I didn't have that eternal perspective, which is very optimistic... And the very, very best It's the very way. definition of optimism. Absolutely. If I didn't, I just feel like I would be devastated all the time. Yes. I would be disappointed left and right. I mm-hmm. would feel crushed constantly. I don't want that. And so every day I choose to have eternal perspective. No matter what hard things come my way, I still struggle. I still fall. I still fail. I still have moments of getting upset. I still feel I'm a human. I still feel all the things and I have eternal perspective. So that's why you don't see me sucking my thumb in the corner, curled up in the fetal position if at any, all times. if any year was going to do it, I tell you what, 2020 would have done it. It's so true, right? And that's the blessing is being able to find peace mm-hmm. in crazy circumstances. I mean, I could talk about that for days, but well, that's why we're talking about all what of this. an imagine, like what an imaginary, what an incredible testimony of truth mm-hmm. and you know that optimism that that thought of like there's more than this just there takes you more out than this. takes you out of that moment that becomes essentially very self-centered in your pain or your trauma or your grief or whatever annoyance whatever you're going through and it just takes you outside of yourself for a minute and helps you to understand mm-hmm. that there's just so much more there is more than this I love that so much What a great articulation. Why, thank you. Yet again. (laughs) Okay, let's move into number two. Number two point that I chose to bring up is patience. Now. I have no comment. (laughs) I'm looking at Becky very special right now. Patience is something that we've all struggled with in different ways, Mm -hmm. at different seasons of our life. Like, it's going to look different for everybody. But I want you to think about what patience or the lack thereof looks like for you right now. Right now, Mm -hmm. as you're listening. And where you might struggle with that. David A. Bednar, in his Saturday morning talk called We Will Prove Them Herewith, kind of a mouthful, but that's the name of it. Mm -hmm. He said that the Lord will consecrate our afflictions for our gain. That comes directly from the scriptures. I didn't take the time to look up all the scripture references, too. I'll be bringing up several of those, but 
I am reminded with his reminder that truly when we go through very difficult trials, we have to understand, let's tie back to eternal perspective, Mm -hmm. that because God loves us, knows us, wants us to be successful, he's going to make sure that every challenge and hardship that we experience is for our gain. He will make sure Mm -hmm. God is bigger than you and your issues and the world at large. He is bigger than all of it. And I have total faith and confidence that because he has our best interest at heart, that he's going to make sure that that then will work to our benefit in some way. We don't have to understand what that's going to look like. And in fact, we won't. We can't. 100%. We... I think the myth is that, or, or sometimes we sit in our circumstances or our, we all have situations and areas of our lives that are probably less than ideal. And we, we look to people that we feel have ideal circumstances and it becomes a, well, what is wrong with me? Why would God allow this to be part of my life? And just to clarify, God does not cause these things to happen. I'm glad you brought that up. He allows these things to happen because right? we have agency. Because we have agency, which agency mm-hmm. is our ability to choose, and mm-hmm. that's a very precious gift Heavenly Father gives all of us on the earth. However, He allows um, things to happen to us, but He doesn't leave us alone in them, and He will always create meaning out of it if we allow. I if we that. allow it to happen. Yes, I appreciate that you brought that up and I agree with it. And I also realized as I interjected and talked about agency, I'm not suggesting that natural disasters or someone, right. You know, hurting you like that's Mm -hmm. not, that has nothing to do with your agency. I was just bringing up an example that sometimes our pains are caused by the choices that we make. Mm -hmm. Right. And so other people's choices and, Mm -hmm. and nobody's choices, right. (laughs) All of the above things. Right. (laughs) But there, you can have meaning inside of it and there is always, something to gain, something to learn, something to grow from. And that's where the choice is. That is where the choice is. But to anyone thinking like my circumstances are less ideal mm-hmm. than so-and-so's because they have perfect parents or a family who loves and surrounds them or they don't have illness or whatever, we all have it. We all have stuff. Sure do. And and it's necessary. Yeah. It's a necessary part of mm-hmm. posi- learning to position ourselves mm-hmm. closer to God. Yeah, for sure. Here's another thing um, along with that, that Lisa L. Harkness brought up. Her talk is called Peace Be Still on Sunday morning. She says, our current challenges are not our final destination. Now that is eternal perspective. Because think about, think about one of the hardest things you've ever been through past, current, whatever. Mm -hmm. If you felt like that was it, this is it. This is my life now. Mm -hmm. I swallowed up in the sorrows of X, Y, and Z that's happening to me or that I'm going through. Mm -hmm. That is devastating. But guys, it's not your final destination. This is a piece, what you're going through right now or what you went through is a piece of the puzzle that makes up you. Yeah. And it is a piece of what's going to help you to grow. And he will consecrate your afflictions for your good. He just will. Henry B. Eyring on Sunday afternoon, his talk was called Tested, Proved, and Polished. Such a good talk. So many good talks, you guys. He says, all these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. Again, quoting from a scripture. Mm-hmm. So he's, what he's saying is that the Lord may not remove the burden that you have, that you're carrying, but he will comfort and lift you. One way to think about this is when I go through really hard things and... 
a lot of the hard things that I've gone through, you guys know about, and a lot of them you don't. Mm-hmm. And same with Becky. Mm-hmm. It's really tender because how I've chosen to think about it is that I know God is not going to give me more than I can handle. And when he gives me something that I feel like I can't handle, it's almost his way of saying, like, you're so strong. Yeah. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to let yourself see what you're really made mm. of. I'm going to let you see how incredibly strong you are. And of course, we're never left alone in that. But just changing my thinking of like those hard things testifying of how much God sees in me changes how I navigate those trials. Mm-hmm. Very much. That was my chair. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even going to cut that out. Seriously. Becky's so what excited she popped her chair. <laughs> I did. <laughs> no, I love that. You know what else he reminds us about that goes along with that? Hmm. He says, remembering is key. Okay, just mm-hmm. just pause with me. Remembering. What does that have to do with patience? Because sometimes when you're like, why do I have to endure this trial? How about, in order to keep a, an eternal perspective, especially how about if you take a moment and remember how he's actually helped you, how he's been there, how he hasn't left you. Even when you felt alone, how about we make the choice to see how he is with you, how he is helping you and supporting you. Let's train our brains to look for that evidence. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's what remembering is. And that's where documenting comes in. Mm -hmm. Because if you're having a hard time recall, I guarantee if you put pen to paper or tap on the phone because you're making an app page or something, whatever it is, whatever it is that you will remember better than had you not written it down. Mm -hmm. Just saying. So remembering is part of patience. He also says that after much tribulation will come the best things, including a change in our countenance, our confidence in the Lord, and a decrease of our fears. Well, who doesn't want to decrease in their fears? A. And B, confidence in the Lord, I can speak to that. The more I have learned to trust him and be patient with his timing. And been forced to trust him. Yes. Not just like... Well, it's always a choice, though. Well, it always is a choice, but you know what I'm saying? There are certain traumas and certain levels where you, ha- you in desperation... That's true. Choose... That is a different kind of yeah. show of faith. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. Without, without those experiences, you would never have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. And you know what? With all the the tumult of 2020, I have felt my confidence in the Lord increase. Mm -hmm. Well, how on earth is that possible? Because it's a muscle that I've been working on, strengthening over and over. I put a lot of trust in the Lord. I show him my trust. I exercise patience. And then it's like, he gives me more of that ability to trust him. Beck, read that part again about the fear. After much tribulation will come the best things. uh, Sorry. After much tribulation will come the best things, including a change in our countenance, our confidence in the Lord, and a decrease of our fears. You guys, I experienced this with cancer, Mm -hmm. which honestly was not even the hardest trial of my life. But I had a lot of fear, as most people do who probably haven't had cancer, about like, what would it be like to get cancer with kids? And like, ooh, having cancer having the Lord put the trust in me to go through that and to see what I was made of, I no longer have fear associated with cancer. Yeah. You like don't. I literally don't No, I know you literally don't. And it's that, amazing. that is a direct, this is exactly what it's talking about. Yeah. Is I have a decrease in fear. Why a, because I've made it through it and I know I could do it again. And B, I know I would never be alone. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, like, totally. That is real. 
So if you're in unimaginable circumstances, and we've, we've said this before, but stop and recognize that while you may be crying and saying, I can't do this, you're literally doing it. Like you're literally doing it right there. And the fear, like that decrease in fear is coming because you know what you could make it through. It's really beautiful. It is beautiful. And it, it comes with exercise. You keep exercising that faith and mm-hmm. putting that trust in the Lord and you will, fi- you will find it and feel it growing in your life. That's very real. And we can, we can both attest to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Let me bring up one more thing um, in this topic of patience. And this was said by Jeffrey R. Holland in Sunday afternoon session. His talk was called Waiting on the Lord. He reminds us that times and seasons of our journey are God's schedule. Again, we've got to be patient because we don't understand the bigger picture the way he does. And he's totally got your back. So no matter how hard the most, the most difficult things that you're going through, he's got you. He knows what's up. He knows you from eternally before and eternally mm-hmm. from now on. He knows you from back and forth and front and backwards and all of the ways. And he knows how this will all work out. And so be patient in his timing. The, the thought that comes to mind, just to break this down for like a, a real example, when we were going through years of fertility issues and I wanted to survive and thrive in that season, I mm-hmm. had to make a choice to trust the Lord because I knew that he knew that I had a righteous desire. I knew that. I knew it was a good thing to want to be a mother. And how right. was that not happening? But instead of becoming the victim, and I had those tempting thoughts, don't get me wrong, but I really never went so far to say, why me? And the reason why I didn't go so far to get trapped into that mentality is because I know that he knows what's going on. And I know that the timing is not up to me. So we put forth all of our effort and then the rest was up to him. And whether or not we were even able to have kids was almost besides the point. Right. That's what I was going to say. Whether or not you actually became a mother was Mm -hmm. beside the point. Right. Honestly. Yeah. Yep. And that is what trusting the Lord really is. Um, another small example, I won't go into the details, but I, I had years of a fractured relationship with a family member. Years, guys. Fractured. Damaged. And for me, patience was, if I didn't have patience in that, I think I would have been completely distraught. It would have ruined me in every area of my life. Mm-hmm. But my prayer was focused and centered on patience, that I knew that if I kept putting forth the effort that I felt was like the right thing for me to do, or mm-hmm. the next right thing I should say, moment by moment, day by day, month by month, whatever, that it was the Lord's timing. And I would be fine with that if it took months or years. And in this case, it took years. Mm-hmm. And what was once fractured is no longer. That's a miracle. And that is God. Amen. Okay. The third thing to bring up is to see others deeply. Mm. How I love this message. Michelle D. Craig, on Saturday morning, her talk was called Eyes to See. She reminds us to ask God how he feels about us. So you're going to see how this all connects because I don't know that everybody knows how God feels about them. Is that safe to say? Yeah, and I think sometimes we get in a place of self-doubt of that mindset we were talking about where maybe we think God doesn't want us to be happy or doesn't think we're awesome. And we might even be afraid to honestly and sincerely ask that Mm. question Mm -hmm. for fear of what we perceive 
he's going to say. Don't be afraid, guys. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Let me just preface and say. Okay. Any single thing that makes you feel diminished or fearful is from Satan. Yeah. Sure is. God enhances and is the opposite of fear. Yep. He's hope and light and truth. And love. So anything that is not that, anything that causes you to shrink away is totally 100% a counterfeit lie from Satan. 100% 100% of the time. Basically, what we're saying is we double dog dare you to ask God what he thinks of you. Mm-hmm. You're about to find out. Because that's not, that's, we're not going to tell you. I mean, we can tell you that he loves you. He thinks and that he real, knows you. Just saying. <laughs> really. But yeah. We really, we believe that. But, but what we say doesn't even matter. Just pray and ask to know for yourself how he feels about you. Now, pulling directly from my note notes, right? Because you know that I yes. write in my notebook and take notes all through conference. Um, let me just kind of give you the summary of my notes kind of put together. Again, paraphrasing what Michelle D. Craig said. So first, ask God how he feels about you. The more you understand your true identity, oh, I love this so much. I'm feeling all the feels again because you mm-hmm. know how much identity means so much to me. It is just identity, like knowing who you are is everything. Well, and if you've missed oh. it or you're new here, Literally everything we talk about comes back to identity. Pretty much. Documenting everything, everything. Is about identity. Everything. You guys have to know your true identity. Okay, let me go back to, to what she was saying. The more you understand your true identity, the more it flows through every area of your life, including being able to see others with more love and patience and grace. She adds that you can pray to see what you normally would not be able to see in others or yourself for that matter. Oh my gosh, you guys. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to put this in bold in all caps and then act. Pray for support. He's going to help you. And then you've got to take action. I'm almost done with the summarization. She continues. If we make this a pattern in our life, we'll be more like the savior and more clear about our identity. Let's not miss opportunities to really see others. Oh, this might have been one of my favorites. It's, you know, you know, (laughs) every general conference, there's just going to be those few things that you're like, I need that right now. Someone else could have listened to the same talk and would have been like, that's, that's really nice. And then, you know, move on. This one for me was super personal. Remember back, um, when we recorded with Hank Smith, I mentioned that earlier, but remember how he's talking about happiness and one of the ways that we can gain happiness or, um, um, grow in our happiness is through connections with others. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, he's like, okay, put us on the spot. Becky Proudfit, what's one thing you're going to focus on? And Becky mm-hmm. Higgins, what's one thing you're going to focus on? And that was actually the thing that I chose is in this year, because there's been less actual physical connection with actual humans in front of your face. Totally. <laughs> I'm like, I really want to be better about that. So it was already like in my heart and on my mind. And so when she, when she said that, and she gave an example of chatting with a stranger in the line, you know, kind yes. of that classic example of, I love that. Are you on your phone? Or in this case for her, she decided to put her phone away because she remembered she's working on this. And she chatted with this older gentleman who she could tell had cats, kind of struck up a conversation. And then he said, you know, I haven't told anyone this, but today is my birthday. And it just pierced her soul because here's this man who probably is lonely, who no one probably knows it's his birthday. Right. And she was able to look him sincerely in the eyes and wish him a happy birthday, which might have been yeah. the highlight of his day. Right. And honestly, she didn't say this, but I'm going to assume it for Michelle. It was probably the highlight of her day. Yeah. You know why? Because we need connection. 
we need to see each other. We need to be better about truly seeing each other. And my favorite takeaway in all of that is that the best way to do it if you're struggling is to pray for help. You can actually ask for that assistance. Like I'm struggling to see my child, for example, who's making choices that I don't agree with, but I know you know my child better than I do. Help me to see him or her for what you know. Right. I've, I've offered that prayer. And guess what? It helps. Yeah. Legit helps. And literally, it's mm. just looking up. It's just mm. looking around. Look up and around. Don't look for the perfect situation to connect. Just look for any situation to connect. Absolutely. Mm. Well, because that was already planted in my heart and my mind, even before she brought this up, I have been recalling lots of little moments I've had just with what you're saying. And it really, Beck, it is changing my life to connect better with people in a way that maybe I, I wasn't doing so great with before. And I love it so much. It's bringing me more peace. Well, and when you do that, when you get in the habit, and the grocery store is a perfect opportunity. And, you know, in the course, we call this our spheres of influence. Like we all have so many spheres of influence. Like if you're in a carpool line at school, usually you're around the same couple people or, you know, you go to the grocery store on a specific day or whatever it may be. We underestimate our influence inside of those circles. And for me, when I have found, when I make an effort, and this is something I really try to teach my kids to just talk to the server or the Uber driver or whoever it is, um, I feel more aligned with who I really am. Mm -hmm. It helps to strengthen the goodness inside of me and the things that make me, me. I feel more like myself when I'm being open and sharing with others, when I'm truly connecting. Michelle D. Craig backs you up on that. I'm going to read that one part again. Again, it's my summarization, not her exact words, but she said, the more you understand your true identity, the more it flows through every area of your life and how when we do this, when we make this a pattern, we become more clear about our identity. Mm -hmm. It's cyclical. I was just going to say, also, can I point out something about identity where we say like become more like Christ? Well, Christ is our brother. So we're already created like Christ. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we are part of the same eternal family as Christ. And so it's not about becoming something completely different than what you are. It's just about positioning and channeling yourself better. Mm-hmm. about about living into not up to but into like what already exists inside of you mm. that is a perfect way to put that dang becky with your words hey you. you know what you mentioned earlier just a quick mention of the course we have new listeners all the time so i just mm-hmm. wanted to just if you don't know what she's talking about becky and i created an audio course together called live the story you want to tell and that is found at becky higgins or classroom.beckyhiggins.com so mm-hmm. it's man it's so good. It is very good. Not our general conference though is way better. I was going to say not Obviously. nearly as good as general conference. That's for dang sure. But it's, it's an excellent, excellent resource for you. Um, I want to move into number four. The fourth thing I to bring up when it comes to increasing the peace that we feel and how relevant this is all the time, but especially right now, unity and diversity are not opposites. Oof truth. And there's actually, this has come up over and over throughout general conference, which I appreciated so much because there Mm -hmm. were a lot of different, um, thoughts shared on this. And this is definitely not inclusive or comprehensive rather, but it's just a few things I kind of pulled out. Um, Quentin L cook in his Saturday morning talk called hearts knit in righteousness and unity said, we live in a moment of particularly strong division. Now here's the thing. 
we all know this, right? We totally know this. But I love how he said we live in a moment. Mm-hmm. That is eternal perspective. Yeah. Because it's just, it's a moment, guys. This does not have to be like this forever. It hasn't always been like this. There have been times of war and times of peace. And right now is a tumultuous time. I butchered that word, tumultuous. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and when he says that we live in a moment of particularly strong division, that gives me the eternal perspective to remember, guys, we're going to make it through this. We are. So let's just, let's rise above. Let's rise together. Let's be more unified. And let's remember that being unified and being diverse are not opposites. In fact, if you ask me, I think that diversity is what can strengthen our unity. Of course. Why? Why do so many people struggle with bringing those together? Why do we have to look at other people's differences as good, bad, right, wrong, black, white? Why does Mm -hmm. it have to? and, And I'm asking from a naive place, of course. I don't understand why it always has to look like that for so many people, but it does. And I can tell you why. Okay. Well, because are you Satan, up Satan is crafty. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm going to bring up the social dilemma here for a minute again. If you haven't watched that documentary on Netflix, it was very interesting to me um, because essentially what it was saying is it is literally creating divisiveness in the human race because we're all being pushed information and content to keep us engaged that proves that we're right. And unity, like divisiveness is the opposite of unity, right? And when we say unity, we're not talking about like, everyone standing in the street singing kumbaya we're talking about is looking for looking for the things that make us the same before we look for the things that make us different Mm -hmm. right and when we do see the things that make us different not labeling it as good or bad but just trying to understand trying to really see each other and I think this divisiveness um, because sometimes if we're being quite honest people can use divisiveness and you know, cover it up in a wrapping paper that is religion or, you know, weaponizing the scriptures to create divisiveness. Divisiveness is from Satan. The end. Yep. If it is causing you to hate or divide, it is not of God. Yep. And so let's just counter, let's just all understand what's happening. And when we see those divisiveness, could we just all like as a human race be like, oh, there's Satan trying to divide us, Mm -hmm. trying to make us unhappy, trying to ruin all this. Like, we know we're more powerful than him, and we know we're more powerful than that. So could we all just, like, recognize it for what it is and just stop? Well, could and we honestly, stop? that is why we talk about Satan, because we want to acknowledge his role in all of this, because it's very prominent. Right. He is the reason for it's hate. It's not an accident. It's not happenstance. And yeah. I do not believe that evil is the default of humanity. Mm-hmm. We were not created for evil. We were created for goodness. We yep. were created in the image of God. This is not our default mode. We need to be more aware and looking up so we can call it out when it is happening. And also we're susceptible. We're totally susceptible. But the thing that makes us the most susceptible is when we don't notice. Mm. When we don't notice what is happening. Yep. Yep. Let's notice. Call it out. We're not evil. Sharon Eubank had a talk um, in the women's session. It was called By Union of Feeling We Obtain Power with God. And she talked about, I don't, well... I'm going to paraphrase because that's what I'm doing throughout. So I hope I'm not messing up her words, but she really gave me the feeling of how instead of focusing on more activism, we need to focus on more understanding, like really taking the time to understand people and what they're feeling, what they're experiencing. And that really 
really speaks to me. I'm not saying I'm anti-activist. I'm just saying like, there, I mean, there's a, there's a purpose in certain activism that needs to happen in a peaceful way. Can I way. just call out? Well, sure. Okay. I'm just going to go back to Blackout Tuesday because okay. that feels yeah. like a really good example, right? Okay. Um, it was a very popular social media thing that happened. And the thought behind it was you, you, you put a black square and say that you're not speaking so that other voices can be heard. It's kind of a way to okay. show support of those voices who, who felt needed to be yeah, amplified. We were yeah. trying to, okay. Mm-hmm. So thought behind it is good. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening with that though, is I think that people rather than sharing voices who they thought could teach and amplify and help to broaden perspectives and understand, or even, you know, being internal and realizing where you have blind spots and blinders on what it ended up happening is it flooded Instagram with all these black squares and no one was being heard. And so it kind of backfired on us. And so I think what she was meaning by this activism, I'll just put it in terms of blackout Tuesday, like posting the square is neither good nor bad, but what else? Like what else are you doing? Because activism cannot be the substitute for honest consideration, understanding, for trying to broaden your perspective. And sometimes I think we get very comfortable with the motion of activism and we think we're doing something when really we might just be avoiding um, examining our own perspectives. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that that's honestly what I felt was the most important thing for me on a personal level that day was under, being more Understanding. in tune mm-hmm. with my own blind spots and not just showing support for our black brothers and sisters whose voices should be more amplified, but really going deep inside and going, okay, where am I with this? Where do I have blind spots? What don't I understand because of where I come from and what I've experienced? Totally. Where are my racial tendencies that I was never even aware of? So my point is if you, if, if you did the black square and Mm -hmm. didn't do all that other very meaningful work, Mm -hmm. you might have used activism as a way to like not actually dig in mm-hmm. because it's not about everybody else guys I hate to tell you the easiest quickest most effective way to change the world is if each of us change ourselves yep the end yep rather than focusing on everyone else what if we just focused on ourselves yeah well right and then why once we have you, a podcast <laughs> but once you've done that yeah then you're in a place to be an activist mm-hmm. but until you've done that yep it means nothing right that's totally right. And this topic, by the way, of racism came up several times throughout conference, which I appreciated so much. Yeah. Um, just as one small example, because, you know, there are many, but Dallin H. Oaks and his Saturday morning talk called Love Your Enemies said specifically, we must do better to root out racism, which of course, like, yes, all obviously racism is not of God. We not all know even this. A little bit. We all yep. know this. Yep. For sure. Now, um, let me just share a couple examples from a personal place on this topic of unity and diversity and how they're not opposites, um, and how this causes greater peace. Just two recent examples. Um, recently I, I reached out and connected with a, a woman named Rachel and on Instagram, she's known as Queen Preneur. Oh, and she's she, awesome. She is, she is a queen. <laughs> she is a queen and she is an entrepreneur. She literally, like she um, runs a fiber security business. She has tons of employees. She's, she's back east, um, kind of not far from where I'm from, out of the D.C. area. And she is, she's a boss and she's also highly creative. And I just have been drawn to her this year specifically. And in light of everything that kind of came up, I felt this 
this gravitational pull to connect with Rachel, not just on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You better believe I picked up the phone and I connected with her. We might as well just be having lunch together. Mm -hmm. Called her up, connected, talked, and listened. And I just said, just, I just want to know you. And I really just sincerely wanted to see her for who she was because I was drawn to her literally through Instagram. And we talked for a long time. She carved out that time. I carved out that time. We connected. And I didn't offer a prayer ahead of time, like help me see her the way you see her, Mm because I felt like I was already going there. And maybe the prayer would have enhanced that. But I felt so grateful for that opportunity to see somebody completely just in a, I just never knew her before. She lives on the other side of the country. She lives a different life. She's, you know, doing all these amazing things in different ways. And she's an artist and a creator in different ways. And that connection with Rachel specifically brought me more peace, brought me more peace in that day, brought me more peace in that week and in that month and ever since. Yeah. And I love her so much. We collaborated with her on a notebook, which will be coming out later. Like the, these things are so beautiful. If we just allow them to happen and just roll with it and, and ask for support with all of it. All right. I'm, I have a challenge for all of us. Okay. I'm going there. We're okay. going to talk politics for a second. Okay. Ooh. Oh dear. There's so much divisiveness going on with this election and it doesn't even matter who you're voting for or who you agree with or who you don't agree with. Can I challenge each of us to make sure that we are not being divisive with this? Because I'm seeing so much of like, if you vote for this person, you're the devil. If you vote for this person, mm-hmm. how could you want this? That means you mm-hmm. voting for starving children or killing babies or like there's so much divisiveness happening. Mm-hmm. Guys, we have to do better. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about my beliefs with this election mm-hmm. because it's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter what I believe. What matters is how I treat fellow human beings. That's right. And am I making an effort to try to understand or at least listen so that in some way I can have respect for people? Right. Like this is, it's getting bad with that. Oh, and so I'm seeing a lot of like just ja- like little jabs all over the Big place jabs. about it. Huge jabs, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's demeaning. It doesn't it's matter who I'm voting it's for. Respectful. And yes. I don't care who you're voting for because yeah. I'm going to do what I feel is right and you're going to do what you right. feel is right. And you don't have to agree. You don't have to agree. And there's nothing wrong with disagreeing. However, I have to try to find the common ground and at least listen. Because if I don't challenge my own beliefs of what I think is right, that's cowardly. It's completely cowardly for me to just think I'm right and never listen to anyone else. So could we all just do a better job of listening to each other? And especially with this divisiveness garbage, like this is tearing our nation apart. So let's be a solution. And let's be that solution when you're driving by someone who's holding a sign you don't like. Could we just remember, like that's a human being. And these are our brothers and sisters. We're like fellow citizens of the U.S. and our cities and towns and humanity. We have to do better. Divisiveness is not of God. Nope. So just try to listen to understand and connect. And you don't have to agree. Of course not. In fact, fact, if your goal is to try to convince someone else that you're right and they're wrong, I'm pretty sure that is not going to go very well. And by the way, (laughs) listening to people you don't agree with is actually really, really helpful. And we touch upon this um, in the episode that that aired just this past week with Burke Romney. We touched on that. It is such a valuable perspective to just listen to things maybe you don't agree with. Yeah. And challenge yourself. Yep. 
yep. to expand your perspective. I, and I love that you said challenge yourself because it's not about challenging other people as much. It's as not. It, it, like, you're, again, you're not going to get very far with that mentality, with that perspective. You know, I'm going to wrap up this point of unity and diversity and how they're not opposites um, with a non-political example that happened just a couple of days ago in my life. I went hiking, go figure. I was hiking, met a guy named Ben. We were both solo hikers because it's a super safe and well-traveled trail. Don't worry, you guys, I hike when I know it's safe. And I knew that this was a very popular trail. I saw people the entire time. Ben and I happened to be going in the same direction, Um, you know, struck up a conversation because he was taking pictures. And I'm like, oh, I bet your pictures are going to be amazing. Can you believe the peak of the fall? And so on and so forth. We kind of connected on that. To make a long story short, Ben and I ended up striking up lots of conversation and connecting over some things. And I'll tell you, this was coming off the heels of General Conference. Mm -hmm. Therefore, um, the words that rang through my mind over and over, especially from Michelle D. Craig that I mentioned earlier about seeing others deeply, I took that initial human nature thought of, we have nothing in common, right? He's easily 20 years younger than me, which I found out he actually is like, or maybe he's going to think you're a weirdo, uh, right? A middle-aged woman (laughs) (laughs) hiking by yourself, you know? And, um, and I just, I knew nothing about him. Wasn't feeling like I needed to be necessarily making a new friend, you know? Mm -hmm. And yet because these words through all of these speakers were like ringing through to me and because I knew that his opinions and thoughts and insights would be diverse from my own, I took interest in Ben. He took interest in me. And yeah. we had the most lovely connection and conversation about life and people and the way people make decisions based in fear instead of love or you know how it should be the other way around. And I, I just, I wanted to say that when it comes to adding diverse um, people in our space and really taking the time to see them and listen and hear where they're coming from, which truly like, Becky, like you mentioned in that last episode with Brooke Romney, this is absolutely one way that we can feel more peace. Mm-hmm. It is it is the most beautiful feeling to have that connection with other humans, and it's important. It's what we should be doing. And why do we feel peace? Because we were created to connect with each other. We were. We were created to be the most uninhibited inhabit, inhabit, inhibited mm-hmm. versions of ourselves, free from like propaganda, free from all these, whatever. Like we're, we were literally created for this kind of human connection. Mm -hmm. We were, we were. Okay. I'm going to share number five and I'm making a, making a little decision right here. We're going to stop this episode after number five, and this is going to be in two parts. So to round out this part one, um, number five is perfectly set up by everything we just talked about because it is to love your enemies. Amen. Now, listen, I don't think I have enemies. <laughs> I was just going to say, enemies is a strong word because I think oftentimes instead of enemy, eh, dude, what is with my mouth today? <laughs> enemies, let's say perceived enemies. Yeah. Because I Ooh, think we perceive we good. have a lot more enemies mm-hmm. than we actually have. Mm-hmm. I dare say most of us probably hardly have any enemies mm-hmm. or maybe we're our greatest enemy. Oh, it's uh, a more accurate yeah. statement. But honestly, I think we have less 
enemies than we think. It yeah. sounds like a dramatic term, you know? It is a dramatic term and it's a, it's a big one. And that's why I wanted to just kind of like, yeah, break yeah, it down. I don't think and... I have any enemies. I'm not at war. And yet like Satan is definitely my enemy, like for Duh. sure. And also while I don't identify any other person as my enemy, I absolutely have had difficult relationships. I mentioned earlier about a severed relationship within my own family. Like, um, or did I say severed? What did I say? It was broken. Fractured. Fractured. It was all those things. It was mm-hmm. so hard. And there's healing and there's healing through Christ. That's the only way that these things can heal. And through Christ, we can learn to love our enemies. How on earth do you love your enemies? Well, let me share a few insights from a couple of different speakers at General Conference. One is Dallin H. Oaks and his Saturday morning talk called Love Your Enemies. He reminds us that as followers of Christ, we must put aside anger with political differences. So he's going there, right? Like he's even saying like, Mm -hmm. hello right now, Jesus taught to love our enemies and he still commands this. The spirit of contention is not from God backing up what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. It's just not anger is one of Satan's tools. And quite frankly, it's easy to be angry. It's, it's easier. It, we've talked about this before. Our bodies, mm-hmm. it feels freaking awesome in the moment to be angry. In to the feel moment. like you are justified oh. in your anger. And then fast forward five minutes and you're like, that probably. That was gross. That's not good. Right. But right. honestly, our bodies sometimes go to those things if we're not careful because that rush of endorphins, however mm-hmm. damaging, mm-hmm. feels good mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And we know this. We know that loving our enemies is not easy, but as we said earlier, you can and should ask for help. God's just waiting for you to ask him for help. I'm telling you that. And truly, we can receive that kind of help. And so if you really are struggling to love those who have offended, who have hurt you, and trust us, you guys, we know that you've been hurt and offended. We know that. Everyone has gone through very difficult things with other human beings because that is the mortal experience. Mm -hmm. That is eternal perspective in place. That is just part of what's going to happen. You can't avoid it. It's going to happen. Can I point out something about enemies? Yep. Okay. Enemies is not a two-way street. Let me explain. What do you mean? Someone can dislike you. Mm -hmm. I am certain there are people who dislike me. I mean, I'm sure there are people who dislike me. Maybe even dislike Impossible. me a lot. Okay. And one of the things about putting yourself out there on a podcast or social media is you give people the opportunity to mm-hmm. dislike you. And that's honestly fine with me. Um, but just because I may be their enemy doesn't mean that they're mine. Does that make sense? Totally. So like someone can hate you and you don't have to hate them. So an enemy is not a give and take relationship. It's you assigning it to someone. So you're in control of what you assign someone who doesn't like you or someone who you perceive doesn't like you. I like it. You get to control that. Mm, I really like that. I have a story about that. Oh, let me get there in a second. Okay. Okay. Cause this is a, like, like it's a story, not a long one, but like, it's a deep story for me and I will happily summarize what that looks like because it will help bring these principles home for people who are like, what, how, how, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm telling you how I'm telling you that through the Lord, you can do this. Um, we can, and we should be asking for help for sure. Now, another speaker, Dieter F. Uchtdorf, he's from Germany and one of the most amazing men ever. One of the best storytellers born to this earth. So good. His Saturday afternoon talk is God will do something unimaginable. How that word strikes my soul. Unimaginable. I believe that. I believe that. Anyway, he says, 
that we can choose how we prepare and react to challenges. You got to focus on what you can do. And with Christ at the helm, things will not just be all right. They will be unimaginable. Now, let me give you an example. Because I put this, what he, what he said, I put this in this framework of loving your enemies. Mm-hmm. Because you can apply what he said to literally any challenge that you face. But for me, I go back again and again and again to an experience I had several years ago where what felt impossible was forgiving people who I felt deeply hurt me. And I would honestly say it was both ways. We, everyone felt hurt. Everyone felt, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just an awful situation with people that I once deeply cared about and probably vice versa. And, um, and it felt completely impossible. Now, when he says to focus on what you can do, well, I can't make anyone like me. I can't make anyone forgive me. I can't make anyone think any differently about anything. Right. But you know what I can do is I can love, I can forgive, I can move forward, I can learn from these experiences and on and on. Well, that seems all fine and good. Like, Great. Check, check, check. I can mm-hmm. forgive. Got it. I can love them. Yep. I genuinely feel love for them. I can move on all these things. But what if I realized, oh my gosh, I didn't think I would ever actually physically see them again. Cause we don't live anywhere in the same, you know, space. Yeah. Um, but now I'm realizing, oh, there's actually a thing coming up and we will see each other. Okay. Enter terrifying fear. Mm-hmm. Where's that come from Beck? Satan. He doesn't deserve a song. Don't, don't do that. (laughs) That was, yeah. Yeah. No, it it is. It's totally from Satan. I know where fear comes from. I've always, I've not always, but at this time in my life, I definitely understood that. So you know what I focused on? What I could do. Mm -hmm. So what could I do? I prayed my little brains out. I asked for God's help because I'm like, okay, I'm going to see these people. I have forgiven. I have moved on. Can I ask you a question? Well, no. Okay. Uh, no, God. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> why did you forgive and why did you move on? Because it brings me peace. Because it's who you are created to be. Oh. I, it, it helps it, you to live to your integrity, which goes back to the Michelle Craig talk. Yes. About it flowing through every area of your and life. And it does. It has nothing to do with anyone else. It has to do with who you are, who you are eternally, and then bringing that to every interaction. Because when you do that, you feel peace. And I got to tell you, feeling justified and feeling peace are not the same thing. Oh, that's the dang truth. You know what I'm saying? I knew, I do know what you're saying. And you know what happens on the opposite flip side of that? When I was in the thick of the angst and the anxiety about it and the feelings of, oh, they were hard feelings. Um, Nausea? Well, yes, there Maybe was that. Maybe some diarrhea? Yes, all of the above. <laughs> it was really, really hard. Actually, literally all of those things yeah. turned my stomach inside out and in all the knots. It was a really bad situation. And you guys, this was a long time ago, so you don't need the details and it really doesn't matter. But what you need to understand is that I did have all of those hard feelings and it did, it did filter into every area of my life, not in a good way. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was awful. And our, you know, our kids felt it. They knew it. They knew I was struggling and I, I was just in despair. Like mm-hmm. that's really hard. 
And because of my eternal perspective that I've always tried to hold tight to, I knew this too shall pass. I knew that it would. I just didn't know how I was going to survive it. I didn't know how I was going to overcome my own feelings. I knew I couldn't change anyone else's mind or make them feel any differently, but I knew I had control over mine. So back to where I was leaving off, I prayed my brains out. I truly knew that there was no way to do this without the Lord's help. No way. Mm -hmm. And I share this example with you because I put in the work and you guys, it totally paid off. I saw these people at this thing after months of literally praying to be prepared. What was I praying for? I was praying for love. That was my main thing. Mm -hmm. Help me to love them as you do. Help me to see them as you do. Help me to set aside past experiences, past feelings, past Mm -hmm. hurts. And it was not easy, but I put in the work. That is the key there. You've got to take action, put in the work. And it was completely worth it because not only was I able to have confidence in the Lord being my, by my side through that experience and being able to look people in the eyes and feel confident and not having hatred and not having remorse mm-hmm. and those types of feelings and really putting forth my best effort, but it filtered through every area of my life. So I came back from that event with greater confidence, with greater trust in the Lord. Maybe diminished fear? Totally diminished fear. I overcame a massive fear. This was a massive thing in my life, you guys. Of all of the trials I've been through, this sits in the top five. This mm-hmm. was a horrible situation. And I, and I was able to get to the point of diminishing those fears, trusting in the Lord, and really getting to the point where I could safely say, even though enemies is a dramatic word, I loved who I had as perceived enemies. Mm-hmm. And I have totally moved past that. And that's all I can control. And that's re- it's, that is refreshing and freeing and liberating in all the best ways. Because at the end of the day, you go home with yourself. Sure do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... Yep. Their feelings aren't going to affect you. Mm-hmm. Your justification is not going to affect them. Yep. At the end of the day, you go home with yourself. So how do you feel about yourself in that situation? Oh, my confidence is so much higher right. through those choices, right? I'm, you, didn't, you asked a rhetorical question, but I'm answering yeah, literally. No. Like, I'm telling you guys, it changed me. It changed me for the better. And so to recap that with one sentence that, that um, Dieter F. Uchtdorf said, God will do something unimaginable. He will. He just will. Okay, we're going to wrap up with this half of all the stuff <laughs> that we want to share. So we're going to end here with this episode. So tune in tomorrow for the second half of all of this goodness. And um, we'll see you then. 